Well, this morning we're going to be continuing in our series through uh, Philippians. And we are at Philippians 2, verses 19 to 30. I just want to say, um, before we begin, or as we begin, um, it's important that we look at the world we live in through the lens of Scripture. That, that we look to God to make sense of our world. As I, I want to talk for a couple of minutes about some of the things we see in our culture today. Some of the things that um, came up as I was thinking about our passage this morning. And Solomon wrote, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And so these things that we see in our lives today going on in the world around us, the word of God has something to say about that. So I want to talk about a couple of things that I, uh, I've seen in our culture today and, and then just uh, go into our text this morning to see what God has to say on these things. So a couple of things about our culture. I mean, number one, we live in a culture here in North America that's very much a celebrity culture. We honor success and value appearances in our world. Uh, it's the famous, the important, however you want to define it, that, that people, people look to. And we honor and value and maybe strive towards. Um, you know, so the movie stars or athletes or people on social media Maybe in our Christian culture, you see it in that the, the kinds of people we look up to. And, and uh, I'm not saying that everybody who gets famous is seeking fame, but, but we tend to, in our culture, lift up someone who's written a best-selling book or a hit worship song and these kinds of things. And I think it's important that we're aware of that. It's nothing new that we would look up to People that are important or successful have a certain appearance about them. Just want to be aware of that. So we, we live in a culture that is very much celebrity culture. We also live in a very connected culture these days. And when I say connected, I, I think personal relationships sometimes suffer. But as far as it co goes online... We're a very connected world, connected in a way that we never could before. So a person that we could never meet in person, you know, I, uh, we can now access and we have all these many, many voices of people that are telling us things that we can either listen to and look up to or, or, or maybe we need to reject. You know, there are some that we can look to who would be godly, who would be honest and humble, and there will be others who might not be so great. And so with media, I think we welcome a lot of things into our homes and our churches. We need to be aware of that and, and who we're listening to, who we're allowing to influence us. And that goes not just for online, of course, but but everywhere in life. We live in a world of many voices that all at our fingertips. We live in a world that honors 
a certain type of people. It's very important that we know what God says is honorable. What God says is good. Who God says we should look up to. And so that's the question we're going to look at this morning as we turn to the Word of God in Philippians chapter 2, 19-30. Who does God say is worthy of honor that we should look to in, in our world and a culture with so many people speaking into our lives? Who does God say we should invite into our homes and into our churches? Who should we look up to and consider worthy of honor. So as you turn to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 19, um, this is essentially kind of part two of Paul's missionary update. You might recall back in chapter 1, we learned about how Paul was imprisoned in Rome. And Paul wrote about how he saw God at work in his situation. And the imperial guard was hearing about the gospel. Um, good things were happening in the midst of his suffering. And now Paul kind of continues that update. And he tells us what he's planning to do. He's planning to send Timothy soon, but not right at the moment. So he's going to send this other guy named Epaphroditus. It might seem kind of irrelevant to our culture today. I mean, why does it matter what Paul's plans were, right? But it's in the midst of this that we learn about these two men. That Paul points us to these two ordinary Christians who weren't exactly recognized in the world. And Paul describes their genuine love for others and willingness to risk their lives for Jesus. And he says, this is someone who is worthy of honoring. Receive and honor such men. That is someone worthy of welcoming into your homes and honoring. In fact, you know, the New Testament bears witness. This is the ordinary average, everyday Christian, what we ought to be like. That we ought to be growing in this love for others that a man like Timothy had. And this devotion to Christ. Growing in a willingness to risk our lives for Jesus, as we'll read about Epaphroditus and, and what he did. And this growth happens as we learn and as we grow, as we welcome and honor and imitate, as we follow those like Timothy and Epaphroditus who live a life devoted to Christ. Well, enough of an introduction there, I think. So uh, let's, let's read Philippians 2, 19-30. Philippians 2, verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. 
For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. So I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and so that I might be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. This is the word of the Lord. Okay. So we're focusing in on the character that God says is worthy of honor here. And but first, uh, let's take a minute to look at Paul's plans. I think they help us to form a bit of a background to understand a little bit about Timothy and Epaphroditus. If it wasn't for these plans, we wouldn't even have the, this word for the Lord from the Lord to us today. So Paul, he says in verse 19, Lord willing, or I hope in the Lord Jesus... Uh, to send Timothy along soon. But he wasn't quite ready to send Timothy. He wanted to, uh, to wait a while. Um, and uh, so he writes to let them know about this change of plans. It's likely the Philippians were expecting Timothy to come, that it was like planned that he was going to come along and join them in their church and, and encourage them. But um, we don't really know. There's a lot of details we don't know. But we do know Paul wanted to reassure the Philippians about Timothy's love and his character. So he tells them in verse 21 that Timothy genuinely was concerned for their welfare and and uh, his character also was not in question. Timothy cared about them and was coming soon. And since Timothy could not come, Paul decides uh, to send Epaphroditus. And we find that in verse 25. Now Epaphroditus was a fellow who'd been sent by the Philippian church to bring some money we read about this in chapter 4. Um, so they would have already known this because they, they had sent Epaphroditus, but we don't learn this until chapter 4. But um, he had come along to help Paul in his ministry. 
through the money, and I'm sure through encouragement, passing on messages from the various people in the church. And he was there as their messenger and minister to Paul's needs. Well, Paul explains here that he, he was sending Epaphroditus back because he becomes sick near death. And Epaphroditus longed to return to be with the Philippians. We find that in verse 26. Uh, Paul had decided it was best for Epaphroditus to return home with the letter. He said in verse 28, it would be good uh, that they might rejoice in seeing their brother again, that he was well. He would be at home amongst his family and fellow believers. And also Paul adds that he might be a little less anxious. So we see the humanity, the humility of Paul here. Um, He was obviously concerned about Epaphroditus' well-being and and health. And so he was going to send Epaphroditus home with this letter. And it's through this that we learn a little bit as Paul tells us about the godly character of Timothy and Epaphroditus. Paul spoke high praise about both of these men. Yet they were ordinary people. We know a little bit more about Timothy. He was a a young man with a lot of responsibility. Paul wrote to encourage him a couple of letters we have in the Bible, First and Second Timothy. Many people conclude from those letters that maybe Timothy was a little bit fearful. I can certainly relate to that kind of a feeling at, uh, at times. And, and Paul was in, encouraging him in his ministry. And, and Paul said this about him to the Philippians. You look at verse 20. Paul says, For I have no one like him. Wow, that's a pretty amazing thing to say about someone. It's certainly in the middle of all that Paul is saying. It causes us to stop and think, I have no one like him. He stood out as someone to pay attention to, as someone of real godly character. And what Paul singles out here is his love, his genuine love and concern for others, especially for this church, the Philippian church. Timothy was the real deal. He cared about those that he ministered to. Why is that? Where did this love come from? Well, in in verse 21, we're told they all, speaking of other people, everyone else, he says they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So he was not like the others who were seeking their own interests, following their own desires, but he was concerned about Christ's interests and Christ's heart. As he knew the love of God. This first honorable characteristic that, that sets Timothy apart is his genuine love. A love for others 
that ultimately flows out of a love and a concern for the things of God, for what God loved. You see, when we love someone, we care about the things they love. And so Timothy, in caring about what God cared about, God cares about the well-being of his church. Timothy was showing his love for God and his commitment to the Lord in loving others. So that first characteristic of, of a person of honor is genuine love. Love for others that flows from a love for Christ. And, and then Paul goes on in verse 22 to talk about Timothy's character. He talks about Timothy's Proven worth, a word that means that his character has stood the test and they've seen in action, in real life, that what he says he does, that he really does have this love. He really does have a concern for the gospel. Talks about how all those years, Timothy had served faithfully under Paul. Like a son learning from his father. In those days, a, a man would apprentice under his father. You almost never had a trade that was other than your father's. And so you would learn that trade. You would watch and work together and grow and in your ability to do the work of your father. So as he followed Paul, Timothy became this man of genuine love for others with a devotion to Christ and this proven character that the people saw. It is very important that we see this because this is the ordinary means of growth in the body of Christ. The way that God has ordained for each of us to grow together, to become a people of God that are of proven worth. Of genuine love and devotion to Jesus. As we follow and watch and listen and work with someone who follows Christ. And grow together. So this lesson that we learn from Timothy is, first of all, we see the character God honors. That it really is this genuine love for others. And a devotion to what Christ is devoted to. Timothy was a man who looked at what the word of God said and he saw what God desired and he longed for that and he lived for that. We also see that this comes and this grows as we follow godly men and women who are themselves devoted to the Lord, just as a man like Paul was. And in chapter three, later on, we're going to be reminded Again, to imitate, Paul says, imitate me. We're to imitate him as he follows Christ and those who are like him 
following the Lord Jesus. And this is the way that we grow in these honorable characteristics. This is the way we grow in a love for others and a love for the Lord. So we've talked a little bit about Timothy. Well, let's look at Epaphroditus now. We don't really know much at all about Epaphroditus. We know more about Timothy. Timothy partnered with, with Paul and on many of his mission trips around the Mediterranean. But Epaphroditus is not somebody of acclaim or great power that we know much about. He was an ordinary believer serving an extraordinary God. And Paul calls Epaphroditus a number of things. It's very wonderful how he refers to him in verse 25. He calls him a brother, this term of love and affection. There's a bond that is deeper than blood that Paul and Epaphroditus might be brothers in Christ. And he calls him a fellow worker and a fellow soldier. Kind of really reminders that we're in the same work. And they were in the, the same trenches, fighting the same battles and struggles. It's pretty unique because we don't really know how well Paul knew Epaphroditus. We can assume he knew him, but for all we know, it was the first time or the second time he'd met him as well. And yet he could say this of his brother because of the things that he had seen in his life, because of his commitment to the gospel. He was a fellow worker and a fellow soldier, and he was also a messenger and a minister from the Philippian church. He was sent to care for Paul in his time of need. So he was a respected man. He was chosen from amongst the Philippian church to care for the needs of Paul. In a lot of ways, Epaphroditus didn't do anything too flashy. He was delivering a gift. He was there to help, to encourage. And he got sick in verse 27. And... Paul says there that he almost died somewhere along this. We don't know if he got sick on his way there or if he got sick once he arrived, but he got sick. And so obviously, in human terms, his, his ability to serve and to help, just, uh, you know, when you're lying there sick in bed, you can't do much. I've only had a few days like that, but uh, this was pretty serious, near death. So, you know, from an outward appearance, we would say, well, Epaphroditus didn't do all that much, but he did deliver the gift and he did go. And he did even risk his life. We aren't told how he got sick, but Paul says he risked his life for Christ's sake. And he was faithful in adversity. And that is something that is worthy of great honor. We ought to, regardless of great deeds or mighty miracles or 
wonderful preaching or something like that, to, to remain faithful to the Lord in adversity is something that we ought to honor. And, and Paul was at great pains to tell the Philippian church that they ought to honor this man. So we, as we've looked at a character that is worthy of honor, we see in Timothy and Epaphroditus a genuine love for others and for Christ, a devotion to this, the things of God, things that God cares about. We've seen also that character of honor really comes as we follow those who follow Christ. As we learn, as his son learns from his father. And also we see a willingness to risk one's life. And say, well, maybe I'm not risking my life, but our reputation as well. Tied in with our life, isn't it? To risk our lives and reputations for Jesus. And so we have a responsibility as a church. I want to talk about this for a moment. Paul urges the church in, in Philippi with this responsibility that we find in verse 29. It says that we ought to welcome or to receive and honor such people. This responsibility to welcome and honor one another is, is not just here in Philippians. It's all throughout the New Testament. In Romans 12, verse 10, we read, be eager to honor one another. Then later in Romans chapter 16, verse 1, I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Don't know much about her other than her name there either. But he says that you might welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. That's Romans 16, 1 and 2. Colossians also, Paul writes to the church there, and he says, if he, if Mark comes to you, welcome him. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 18, they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. So you see, it's a very important theme. It's very important to God that we honor and that we welcome godliness and those people that we see around us, whether from outside of the body, a lot of these were people, missionaries traveling through the churches and Paul saying, honor them. And also yet within our midst for Epaphroditus was a man from within the Philippian church, right? They were to honor and to receive him. The word receive and welcome means to give a, a favorable and glad acceptance. And Paul even adds that they're to do it with joy. So there's a double, double and up there. The writer of the Pillar New Testament commentary, I like what he said. He said that Paul is, is urging them to give Epaphroditus a really great banquet and a permanent place of honor rather than a simple potluck and a quick nod for his service. And what this man is pointing out here is that this is an ongoing thing, right? 
It's not a one time. We have a little thing every year to just recognize, but it's a daily part of our life that we honor one another and welcome one another, whether it in our homes or in our churches for what is godly, for what is good. This love, this sacrifice, this willingness to serve. Godly love, godly service, and godly sacrifice always ought to be recognized and celebrated in our midst. To always honor genuine love and faithfulness in adversity. You know, it's not the rich, the famous, the multi-talented, or the award winners that we're told to celebrate here. Nothing necessarily wrong with celebrating those things, but here we are told to honor those ordinary believers who are faithfully serving Jesus their King, who have done something in His name, who have done something for Him, out of love for Him. And in this passage, God is really calling us to grow, to be a people who are wholly devoted to Jesus. A people who love others, who even take risks for Christ. God is calling us to follow such people, to be such people, to honor such people. And and like... uh, Timothy, God is calling us to learn by following godly examples so that we, like Timothy, might become an example that is worthy of following, that is worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel, this good news that transforms our hearts and lives. How are we doing as a church? How is God calling us to grow? Do we welcome and honor those who are devoted to Jesus, walk alongside one another so that we all might be of proven character? Who do you follow? Who do you listen to personally and invite into your homes? Goes back to what I talked about at the beginning. Who do we invite into our homes and honor and pay attention to on our TVs or our phones? Do we follow those God calls honorable? God doesn't say honor the famous, honor the smart, or honor the powerful. God says honor such men. Honor people whose character is shaped by my character, whose love is shaped by my love, whose devotion is to what I'm devoted to. Follow people willing to risk their lives and their reputations for my sake. The one whose life is devoted to Christ is the one God says is worthy of honor.